But my mess, my series that I'm starting today is called Speech Therapy. Speech Therapy. So I want you to grab your Bibles, get your notepads, get your app out. We're going to stand for the reading of the Word in Proverbs 18, 20, and 21. I'm going to read this text. This is going to be our overarching text. Now, I'm going to talk to you about, how many, let me ask you this. How many of you believe there is power in the Word of God? There's power in the Word of God. But I want you to know there's just not power in the Word of God. There's power in a Word. And just as there is power in the Word of God, there is power in the words that are coming out of your mouth. Good or bad, they're powerful. Man, I'm telling you, I've watched words hurt people, and I've watched that same mouth heal people. I've watched that words, words out of people's mouth bring peace to a marriage and peace to a nation that are ready to go to war. And I've watched those same mouths be able to bring peace that there is no war conflict. How many believe there's not just power in the word of God, there's power in a word, and it's the word coming out of your mouth, amen? So we're gonna be in this for a few weeks here because it's gonna take me several weeks to straighten y'all out. <laughs> because personally, I do not have a problem with my mouth. I personally am free from this. We're going to start this off lying. Amen. Okay. How many know there's a lot in the word of God about what's coming out of your mouth and you don't think it's harmful? That word that just came from the spirit was not orchestrated in this, before this service. What's coming out of your mouth, ma'am, is powerful whether you like it or not. Sir, what you're saying, young man, what you're saying about yourself is powerful. And it may not even be coming out of your mouth. It may be the self-talk you're listening to in your head. It is powerful. And there's a lot in the word about how you use your mouth. Hope you'll stick with me through the weeks but I think you and I will make it together, amen? Come on, let's go to Proverbs 18 and verse 20, and I love this. Wise words, so there can be stupid words too, right? Wise words satisfy, they satisfy like a good meal. How many of you dads hoping for a good meal today, amen? Amen, we're gonna give you core life, amen. He said, where is the pork belly, is what he said. He said, wise words satisfy like a good meal. The right words bring satisfaction. The tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. Death or life, hurt or healing, peace or discord, whatever we speak. And he says, it satisfies like a good meal. You know, seriously, you know, you do want to eat a good meal. How many want to eat a good, healthy meal? Amen. I, I was listening to Dr. Caller here the other, one Wednesday we were teaching in here. He's talking about make sure there's a lot of color on your food because the more color there's on your plate, the more healthier your meal is. And how many of you know that what comes into your body is what your body begins to produce? How many have ever heard you are what you eat? Jesus said from the abundance of someone's heart internally, the mouth begins to declare it. So if your words aren't being spoken that are satisfying and bringing life, then there must be something you're taking in because you only produce what you take in. How many believe it's not only what we speak words, but the kind of words we want to receive in our spirit and in our mind? How many believe Jesus was the Word, and the Word was God, it was with God, and we get to know the Word Jesus, amen? So look at your neighbor before you sit down and say, you know, you are what you eat, amen? Come on, because it's going to come out, and you can be seated, everybody. Oh, happy Father's Day to all of y'all, first of all. Guys, let me just tell you, happy Father's Day, happy Father's Day, happy Father's Day. I hope you got blessed. I know you, you, you can't miss my sneakers. They are not shoes, they are sneakers. 
And uh, these are, Brenda got these for me for Father's Day because Sarah's sneaker, don't call them shoes. Sneaker of choice was the Chicago One. I got Chicago One Lowe's on. Brenda got these in honor of Sarah. And I know Sarah, if she saw me in these today, she'd say, my dad is looking fly today. Amen. I'm looking fly. So it's been a pretty great Father's Day for me today already. For, it's been a great Grandfather's Day for me and uh, for Pastor. I don't know if y'all heard. I don't know if y'all heard. I don't know if you heard, but our son, Nathan, and his wife, Ashley, uh, they gave us another little grandson, and his name is Sage Lewis Reifkogel. And I just might have a picture. That's right, baby, you stand. Look how big that kid is. That is a big kid. Sage Lewis Reifkogel. It means wisdom, Lewis is warrior, Wise warrior, Rife Kogel. That's what I'm going to call him. Amen. So I just happened to have a picture today. Just don't know how that happens. I guess when you pastor the church, you can do just about what you want. Amen. I don't know. So anyway. Amen. But I will tell you that, uh, you know, for fathers, your words are powerful as well and can speak life or death. Mama, life or death. Young man, life or death. Your words are powerful. In fact, I'd go far as to say this. The quality of life you live depends on what you say. You, you know, if, if you don't believe that, then that means you are ignoring the word of God. In fact, the scripture we just read a moment ago, this verse proves that we need to really manage what we take in, and then what we choose to let flow from our mouth. We got to really watch it. I mean, just if you study the word, you look at James chapter three, in James chapter three, if, let me just put what it really basically says. It says, if you have the ability to learn how to control your tongue, you can actually learn how to control your body. If you can control your tongue, you can actually learn how to deal with temptation. You can deal with things that seem out of control in your life when you learn how to control your tongue. But the scripture also says that no man can tame the tongue. We'll talk about that one. No man can tame the tongue. So, But how many know the Holy Spirit can help you tame the tongue? Amen? Flesh can't do it. You've got to let the Spirit do it. In fact, words are powerful. When you look at Jesus Christ, what did Jesus do? Jesus would cast out demonic spirits and he would do it by just talking and just speaking to that very spirit. You've got to understand words are powerful. Now, as we go through this, I want you to hear the balance of truth because then you go, oh, that's all he's just saying. Just speak it, you know, name it and claim it. Speak it. No, no, hold on just a second. Get a balance of truth here. I'm not saying that if you say something long enough that God has to line up with you. That's not what I'm saying. That if you just say it enough, God has to line up with you. No. He doesn't have to line up with Sam Reifkogel, but Sam Reifkogel's words need to start lining up what, with what he is saying, not get him to do what I'm saying. It's to get my mind and my mouth and my words to line up with what God's word says, and when his word gets in your word, how many know no weapon formed against you will ever seem to prosper? And so that's why when I was getting ready to do the series, I called it speech therapy, because you and I need speech therapy spiritually. You know, parents, you know, uh, at our house, you know, we've got a little marker where Abe is growing. We keep getting those little slash marks. I mean, he's really just, I mean, just going, just going. And, uh, he's, you know, and you're watching, moms and dads, you're watching. You're making sure, you know, are they in the right percentile as they're getting older? And you also watch that if they're not developing their speech by a certain stage of their life, you as a parent get concerned, and so what do you do? You talk to your physician, and your physician helps you, and you know what they need is a speech therapist to help them learn how to articulate words. I mean, I've watched uh, Ashley. I mean, he's really good. I mean, she, you know, he, Abe would start whining, and she would always tell him, use your words. Use your words. Tell us words. Speak words. Because wouldn't tell us anything. But then when he started using words, we found out what it was, and I'm not so sure we enjoy the words now. Like, no. But yeah, like he stayed at the house with us while they were having the baby and, you know, putting him to bed, you know, Abe, Abe's, really, Abe, Abe's a good kid, but he's starting to stall now to go to bed. And so uh, Brenda got him started on graham crackers and milk and then it had to be, I have to have my graham crackers and milk before I go to bed. 
Then I said, okay, it's time to go to bed, Abe. He says, I need a drink. I need a drink. And, uh, and I was going, wow, you need a drink? Now, I think you're okay. You know, we've had graham crackers. No, I need a drink. I said, why do you need a drink? He said, my stomach. I said, your stomach? Is, he says, my stomach is angry. I said, okay. <laughs> stomach is angry. Use your words. Use your words. But when a child isn't developing the words because of the, something's not maturing in them, you bring something along to help them to articulate words. So, so some of you are going, well, that, that's, for, that's for infants. No, but I've discovered people in their years, in their life, sometimes a physical malady or some physical disorder can happen to people who once used words and that they lose their speech, so they have to go to a speech therapist to start to learn how to use their words again because some trauma has hit them in their mature years. So here's what I'm saying. When you get to a message like this, those of you that are born again and just coming to Jesus Christ, there were things that you spoke in the world about yourself, about others, where you need the Holy Spirit to show you how to use your words right. And people say, well, it's freedom of speech. Well, not all speech is free because when you say it, it can cost you a whole lot more than you intended. And there's some, some of you that are brand new in the Lord that if you'll hang around the Word of God, you'll start watching, you'll start speaking the Word of God, and you'll start think, seeing powerful things happen in your life and the lives of people around you. Then there's some of you that have been mature in the Lord that you've served God a long, 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 long time. You, 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 you've known Jesus a long time, but something traumatic has happened to you like an offense in a church or somebody didn't do what you wanted in your family. And out of this person who could speak in tongues can come some of the most vicious, cutting words, words of discord. There could be trauma or suffering that came to your life that you never expect would ever come to your life. And now you're declaring things and saying things about God because you've, been, you've hit a spiritual trauma in your life. And now your words are being controlled by the trauma. Or there's something that happened in your early years. So what happens is the Holy Spirit is saying to you, some of you, even as you've matured and grown in the Lord, you need to get back to letting the Word and the Spirit start teaching your mind and your Word to start having the speech therapy of the Holy Spirit because the words you speak are powerful and there's nothing more powerful than a man or a woman or a teenager declaring what God says about them and the things around them and even what they go through. How many thank God his word is powerful? We're going to let our, our language be controlled by the Holy Spirit. So this is powerful. So I first want to start this speech therapy with first of all letting you know if you don't think words are powerful, they are. You know, some, some people even, even, you know, some people like to joke around a lot. And, and I'm, I'm a, I love jokes. I, I love a good joke. But there are some people that always just say, well, I'm just kidding. And they make a pop, boom, just kidding. They think they can get away with what they're saying by just tagging on two words, just kidding. You need to stop. Because that's been your M.O. I just joking. But that continually be, commitment to your MO, you need to know your words are powerful. Powerful. And they can bring life. How many, how many believe words and God's word can bring life? So let me show you the power of words just for a moment, the power of your speech. First of all, you need to understand that words actually create, actually create things. Look at the words at creation, the words of creation. How many of you notice that when God created the heavens and the earth, it was words, words were the vehicle that God used in the spirit realm to make things happen in the physical realm. It was his words. The earth was that form of void. The world was in chaos. It was without form or void. It was just, it means it was in chaos. And the chaos didn't stop until a word from God was spoken and it created something out of the chaos. There could be chaos going on in your life right now, chaos in a relationship, that your words could actually stop the chaos. Look, look what it says, Genesis chapter 1, verse 3. It says, then God said, the world was a form of void. It was in chaos. It literally means chaos, absolute chaos. But the Spirit was hovering, and the Spirit was there. Even if the Spirit is there, it needs something. It needs words. It says, then God said, let there be light, and there was light. 
Now, you go through the creation account. Just go through it. Over and over and over and over and over, you see God saying, let there be. He said, let there be space, and there was space. He said, let there be water, and there was water. He said, let there be land, and there was land. Everything he spoke into existence came from a spirit realm that was brought into a physical realm. Now, how many of you know that when God created us, he created us in his image and in his likeness? Come on. Genesis 1.26, let's go to the word. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our own likeness. Now, how many believe God is creative and he created with his words? Okay, because God has creativity and the ability to create with his words, so do you. So do you. You're in his likeness and his image. So do you. Now, now, please, just let me just put on a side note because I know some of you are already traveling with the words, okay? You're already traveling with what I say. I'm not suggesting that the power we possess is remotely like that of God's, okay? I'm not saying that. But he did create us as speaking beings. And when he made us, he, everything he spoke brought into creation, but when it came to you and me, he formed man made man his image, made woman his image, and he took his, he didn't just say life and life be, because if life, he said life and life would be, then everything would be like a puppet on a string. It'd be like the sun. It'll just come up because he spoke it into existence and it does what he ordered it to do. Got it? He ordered what to do. That's why you don't have to get your double shot cappuccino in the morning, put on your robe, get the sleepy out of your eyes and command the sun in the name of Jesus, rise, rise, sun, rise. It knows what to do. Your plant knows to grow, so stop talking. We think you're crazy. Just stop talking to your plant. It knows what to do. Anything made with his word does what it's told to do. But he didn't create you like that. You're not a puppet on a string. You're not a dog. You're not an animal. You're not a tree. You're not a rock. So he put his own breath into you, giving you the ability to use right words or wrong words. You have a choice with what you take in and what you say. I'm preaching better than y'all letting on. I, I don't know if your mind is around the grill right now, sir, but you got to listen to this. Look at this. Then the Lord, look, Genesis 2, 7. <clears throat> says, then the Lord, God formed man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostril and the breath of life. And man became a living being. The only thing he created that could speak and know what he was saying. Think about it. You and I, human beings, are the only species on the earth that can communicate our heart, our feelings, our dreams, and our hopes. We are the only thing he created with that ability, an ability to exercise a will and have consequences. Yeah, but my, my dog, I think my dog's talking to me. Okay, animals can send signals to one another that are understood at some level, okay, at some level. But they can't communicate, communicate the deep things in their hearts. They have no spirit. <clears throat> now, I think you think your animal's human. <clears throat> there are sometimes I think Moses is. I, he's look, but I'm, I'm convinced he looks up at me like this. <clears throat> I'm confused. I don't know if it's I love you or... I gotta go to the bathroom. I'm really in a lot of pain. Could you take me out? I'm not sure which one it is. <clears throat> Later I find out what it is. But they have no, they have no spirit. They can't communicate the deep things. You are the only thing God created, young lady, with the ability in the likeness of God to articulate feelings, dreams, hope. And you have a choice to declare the word of God or declare the word of the enemy that says you're a nobody, you're a zero, you're a minus, nobody cares. 
Those words can be in your spirit and your heart and you can say that about other people. Your words can be cutting or your words can be healing. Your words can be hope or they can be hurt. They can be peace or they can be chaos. But just like the Father spoke over the chaos because the Spirit is there, when you gave your life to Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit came into you and he's hovering. He's just waiting for you to start saying the words of God and declare them. How many thank God your words can create things? It can create things. Words of creation, they're powerful. Before we start, I want you to know they're powerful. Their words are powerful. Let me show you how powerful they are. Words of confession are powerful. Confession. Confession that brings salvation. How many of you know that it was words, if you've given your life to Jesus Christ and he's your Lord, how many know it was words that made you a brand new creation in Jesus Christ? Now you think about this. When God needed to bridge the chasm of sin between him and Sam Reifkogel, Sam Reifkogel was headed to hell. Destruction without Jesus Christ. And Jesus said, I'm doing everything in my power to get Sam to have eternal life with me and to have hope with me even in this world. And the only way that he could do it was he became that bridge. But for me to cross that bridge of what he did on the cross, how did he connect you and Pastor Sam? How did he connect us to leave sin, to cross the chasm, to eternal life and forgiveness? How did he do it? What did he use to connect us? What did he use? He used words for you to connect with confession so that you could have salvation. Words. Words. He used words to get to me, and I used my words to get to him. Let's, let me just show you. This is really good. This is good. I talk fast and loud when I excite. I talk slow when I educate. We'll get excited in a minute. But here, Romans chapter 10, verse 8. Watch this. And, and we're going to go to verse 13. Watch, watch what the Apostle Paul says by the Holy Spirit. He says, but what does it say? And I want you to start underlining words that I've underlined. Underline them, okay? The word is near you. It is in your, what everybody? Mouth. And in your heart. That is the what? Word of faith. We are what? Proclaiming. That if you what? Confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You're saved. I don't know why people are trying to complicate this. Jesus made, he, watch this, verse 10. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. Justified means just as if you'd never sinned. You're brand new, you're clean. For some of you that need to come to Jesus Christ, you need to hear this. You can be clean right now if you'll just listen to God's word right here, his word right now. Some of you can be saved right now if you'll just listen to his word. They don't have to complicate this. We don't need an organ playing right now. Instruments, you just need to ask him, confess and believe that he's the son of God and God raised from dead. Watch this. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified and it is with your what, everybody? Mouth that you what? Confess and are saved. Verse 13. Everyone, everyone who what? Calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Come on, how many of you thank God? That is great news. That is great news. That's great news. So how does a person get saved? How does a person connect to God? How does through the bridge of words of confession, believing in faith, what you know God has revealed to your heart that He's the Son of God and He's the only one that can forgive you and save you. It takes words of confession, even within the deaf community. It takes words of confession that are even signed. That is their communication and are saved. So my point is this, friends, is our mouths reveal what is happening in our heart. And what happens in our heart soon begins to manifest in our life. Words of confession are powerful. You can never leave what you're in until you start confessing what God's word declares over you. Just a moment ago, we talked about, listen, let me just say this, that God's, what God declares, you got to proclaim. Let me say this, what God is saying, you need to proclaim. Yeah, but they offended me and they hurt me. I'm not trying to tell you that it's trivial. I'm not telling that you need to talk, not, don't need to talk about things. I'm telling you, you need to declare what God says in your attitude and position more than what they did to you. 
You've got to cling to the word of God. You must cling to the word of God. That's where the life is. Because what God declares, you've got to proclaim. I mean, look at Juneteenth as we, it commemorates the announcement of abolition of slavery in the last U.S. state. Remember, that was, that was June 19, 18, 1860, 1866. But do you know the reason why that could happen? was because something happened on January 1, 1863, when President Lincoln issued the Emancipation Proclamation, which in it he said, quote, that all persons held as slaves within the rebellious states, see there are rebellious issues going on, rebellious states are and henceforth shall be free. That could not happen on Juneteenth unless someone declared it on January 1, 1863. Now let me show you my point. My point is this. God can say all he wants to say it took three years from what was declared to happen three years later. And I wonder how many people of God, God has already declared it, the Spirit is already hovering, but you are not confessing and proclaiming what he has declared so you stay in the same state you have always been in and until you start proclaiming what he's declared and start acting on that proclamation, you will always remain in the same place of bondage until you start proclaiming what has been declared and act upon what is proclaimed. So I'm here to tell you today. Your words of confession over your marriage is you got to quit talking about how bad he is and start declaring what God says about it and keep speaking until the action of that begins to occur. You start declaring over your wife, nah, she's ruined, I married the wrong woman. Stop that nonsense and start speaking the word what God says about your wife. Quit talking about how much you hate this country and start speaking what God says over this nation, that an outpouring of revival is coming to the nation. Start speaking that. Start speaking that. Quit telling me how much you hate your job and hate your boss. I'm overworked and underpaid. Start declaring, God, you have made me productive. My God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory. I don't care if he's cheating me on my hours. I know God is going to give me favor. You keep proclaiming what he has already declared. But you will always stay in that bondage until you finally say, I will stand on what is declared and I will proclaim it and act upon it. How many know we confess the word of God? You want to get saved? You'll never come out of the bondage and slavery of sin until you start seeing what God said about you. God will never forgive me. I've had an abortion. God will never forgive me. I committed adultery. God will never forgive me. I'm a murderer. God will never forgive me. God will never forgive me. Look at the sin I'm involved in. I'm going to tell you something. The most refreshing thing was hearing Angel Cologne last Sunday talk about the depths of sin. But until he started prophesying over himself, even in that Pulse nightclub, God, I know that you're going to do this in me. Let me tell you, God can have all the power. He can have all the words. But until you start proclaiming that you are born again, not because of what I've done, but because I believed in my heart and I've confessed with my mouth that Jesus Christ is the Lord. You will remain in that bondage, but how many thank God? He whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Start declaring what he has already declared over you. Proclaim it, act upon it, and don't stop until you receive it. Whoo, glory to God. I, tell you, I knew I'd get wound up sometime this morning. Seriously. Your words are so powerful. They're creating atmospheres and environments. Start saying what he says and confessing and declaring what he has already declared. Proclaim it. Oh, how many thank God. Your words are powerful. So be careful before you talk about your parents. Be careful before you start talking about authorities. Be careful. Be careful how you talk about your pastor. Not this bunch. Not this bunch. Y'all love me. Amen. Okay, thank you. Because <laughs> you got to vote, don't you? Words, words of creation. Words of confession are powerful. You remain in the same bondage until you start proclaiming what has been written. It'll never change until you decide to change that. Whew. 
Thank you, Jesus. I feel, I tell you, I'm declaring revival over Grand Rapids in a way we have never seen before. People are going to be freed from their bondage. There's going to be an awakening. Christians are going to start repenting over their secret sin and their closet conduct. People are going to start loving and serving and caring. I declare that over the house of God. My words are powerful. I'm going to keep speaking them. Let me tell you what else is powerful. Words of adoration. Oh, I love compliments. I love them. I love them. If you don't like my sneakers, just tell me, hey, Pastor Sam, don't lie. Just say, I really like those. They look like they both fit. Just tell me that. I don't know about you, but, I, you know, in fact, I notice that people cannot take my correction unless they first know me as a person of adoration. That he has my best interest at heart because he truly sees the qualities that I do have. Therefore, I can also receive the correction that I know because they have my best interest at heart. But praise of adoration. Do you know that praise and worship connects you to God? It just wasn't words of confession that Jesus, I'm a sinner, save me, Jesus. And I know that just, that wasn't just the word of connection to God. Do you know that your words of praise are connection to God? Your words of prayer are really praise unto God. Those are connections to God. Praise and worship connect us to God. I, I, I love when Brother Troy just, he, he, he just said it. He just said it off the cuff, but it was so powerful. He didn't know it was in my sermon. But Psalm 22, verse 3 says, this is what the psalmist declares. He says, he's talking to God. He says, you are holy, God. You're holy. Enthroned on the praises of Israel, the people of God. How many, of God is, how many know God is enthroned on the praises of spiritual Israel? That's you and me when we gave our life to Jesus Christ. We're spiritual Israel. Do you know that? God's praise is enthroned. You know, oh, you're just thinking of the crowns and throne and a, a chair. Yeah, that's partly true, but the word enthroned there literally means, in the Hebrew, that word enthroned literally means to sit. How many know when someone sits down, that means they're staying a while? They're staying a while. It means to sit, to dwell. In the Hebrew, it meant to live and to remain. God says, do you know where I like to hang out? Do you know like where I like to visit, visit and stay? Do you know like where I like to live and remain and never leave it? In the praises of my people, I hang out with people that are praising and worshiping me. Even in the darkest situation, the greatest loss, the greatest rejection, they always revert back to praising me, and that's where I hang out. See, now I've come to the conclusion that to my wife, I don't know about the rest of you guys, to my wife, praise to her is not praise until it becomes visual and vocal. Praise is not praise until it ultimately comes visual and vocal. You remember? You're the only thing he created with the ability to think in articulate words. You're the only species on the planet that can do that. And he says, if you won't do it, I'll command those rocks to do something that I designed you to do. That's what his word says. Something is going to glorify and know who I am. Praise is not praise to her until it's visual or vocal. You don't believe me? Go through her closet. <laughs> it take you a while. She <laughs> said. When I hug her, I can think happy thoughts how much I love her, but she doesn't know it until I put my arms around her and say, baby, take all the most beautiful men in the world. 32 years been married. I'd marry you all over again. You're the same one I'd pick every time. Not another woman. Not another woman like you. Right, baby? I love you too. Your praise, listen, it's adoration. It attracts. It attracts. Do you know why Satan doesn't want you to vocalize your praise? Do you know why he wants some of you men to sit here and fold your arms through the whole service and pick on every message and pick on every song, pick on every note, pick on the lights? Do you know why Satan would rather distract you with a complaint than with praise? Because he knows that your words connect you to God and he needs you as disconnected as he can from you. He needs you disconnected from him. 
So that's the reason why. Oh, my goodness, Lord, please help me say this. Well, I said it. You said it to me, so I'll say it to them. God wants me to grumble and stay in despair my whole life. He wants you to grumble, ma'am. Sir, he wants you to grumble. He wants, listen, I know you got to deal with issues. You can talk about issues, but he would rather have you grumbling about this nation and everybody in it as much as possible to keep your scent off of praising God, which connects you to the presence of God. And only the presence of God can actually fix the thing that you're grumbling about. You know why grumbling? Do you, you, know, you, do you remember what? Do you, do you remember why? Do you remember God getting so ticked off at Old Testament Israel? Do you remember why? Do you remember why? He said, "I'm sick of their grumbling, their murmuring. I am sick of it. I get them out of bondage. They want to go back. I give them something to eat because they're hungry. I give them manna. They want quail meat. I give them water. It's bit." They, there, he says, they constantly are never grateful, and I can't dwell with them. I don't like hanging out. They were always grumbling. Man, I've watched in churches across America get in fights over songs. Well, I'm leaving because I don't like the style of music. Wow, you are deep, man. That's your hang-up? That's the hill you're going to die on? Is because they didn't sing your song? That's the one? Well, I don't like that person in church. Really? We're putting up with you. <laughs> and we still love you. We didn't walk out on you. Can, can I tell you that Satan would rather have you grumbling because, listen, he knows that grumbling is the thing that disconnects you and words of adoration are what connect you to the presence of God. And he knows that presence is really the only thing that can guide you through the pain, through the anxiety, through the grumbling, through the frustration, through the separation. He knows that that is the only thing that can give you the true wisdom and the true power to endure, to be like him. So he disconnects you and keeps you grumbling. Friends, let me tell you something. Satan wants me to grumble. He wants me to stay in despair. He wants you to stay in despair. Everything Satan wants you to do, I have a word for you. Don't you dare do it. But everything he doesn't want you to do, you better do it. And he doesn't want you to be a praiser. He doesn't want you to be a lifter. So why don't you go ahead and be the lifter of praise out of your mouth and give God the greatest praise and say, God, I'm connecting with you no matter how deep, bad the marriage is getting, no matter how bad a nation gets, no matter how bad my life gets, I'm worshiping you. You're the only thing that can get me out, my connection with you, God. Words, I'm simply starting this out, this speech therapy, that what you are saying around your dinner table to your kids is powerful. What you say to the other person in that small group, you don't think it matters, but it's powerful. What you say to your parent, what you say to your husband, what you say to your wife is powerful. What you say to your hairdresser about your church is powerful. Or your bartender, whatever. You think, I'm, you think I'm joking. I'm serious. I'm dead serious. It's powerful. Because words not only connect, but there are words of separation, and that's what Satan wants. In the Garden of, listen, in the Garden of Eden, what did Satan use to separate Eve and Adam from God? And what did he use to separate Adam and Eve, the first marriage? What did he use? He used words. Because words can connect and words can disconnect you from God. Look what he said, Genesis chapter 3, verse 1. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals and the Lord that Lord God had made. He said, he just said it. To the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any tree of the garden? Just as words connect us to God, Satan uses words to deceive us. And he just starts dropping little seeds. They don't make the big statement, well, that's not what I meant. Right. Check my driver's license and see if I was born yesterday. That's not what I meant. 
he drops these little seeds of doubt, discouragement, and division that start separating us from God, start separating us from each other. Friends, can I tell you, body of Christ, my brothers and sisters, as we enter, it is going to get more hostile. It's going to get more antagonistic. I'm going to tell you, the enemy's going to rear his head and stir up people against the body and people in the body against other people in the body. As you're walking that journey, stay in the presence of God and let the Spirit of God measure your words. Because they can connect or they can separate you. But how many thank God, God gives us the power to use our words right? Because my words and your words, here's what I'm asking God. God, I'm getting all these people fixed and straightened out. I know you don't need to mess with Sam because he's okay. I'm saying, God, would you please help me as a pastor in all the years that I'm serving you, that even when you're mature, there are times that things can happen and be said to you about you done to you, that you things happen you never thought you experienced, and you got to start getting your speech lined up with God, and you got to have his speech therapy again. Amen. The most seasoned believer. Break it down. Would you help me to make my words bring rejuvenation? Words can revive. That means rejuvenation means that something is dead and in chaos. And just as your words might have gotten something in chaos... Your words can help get you out of that chaos. Mm. How are we doing, everybody? All right, this side's a little quiet. How are we doing, everybody? We doing good? All right, all right. Everybody stretch your hands this way and pray for them. Amen. No, we're just kidding. The word rejuvenate. Do you know what the word rejuvenate? It's not in your notes, so you need to write it down there in your app. It, 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 it literally means to restore. Rejuvenation, words of rejuvenate, it really means to restore, to renew. That means something's dead, something's died. It can be restored. It means to refresh. That means something has lost its freshness. That means that the words that we're cutting can be the words that are healing. Healing words can connect us with God and with each other. Now, you remember what I said at the outset? How many remember what I said? The quality of life you live depends on what you say. It may not happen immediate, but you keep on proclaiming what has already been declared because that is what gives you the power is what's been declared by God for you to say that you can begin to act upon. So remember, the quality of life you live depends on what you say. And, and watch this. Did you know that what we say determines the character and the quality of the relationships we are currently in, whether you're married, whether it's friendship, whether you're dating, whether it's a neighbor, saved or unsaved? Do you know that your words, what you say, determines the character and the quality of the relationship you're in? Nowhere is this more true than in somebody's marriage. Words are powerful. I don't know why he doesn't respond. I cooked him his favorite meal. I don't know why I gave her everything she wanted. Words are powerful. And I want you to go back to our text. I want you to go back to it because I want to show you something that you probably never even paid attention to. But I want you to see something. Verse 20, Proverbs 18, 18 20 says, Wise words satisfy like a good meal. A good meal is a healthy meal. What I'm taking in is what's going to come out. So i got to work on that. The right words bring satisfaction. The tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. Whatever, do they talk a lot of life or do they talk a lot of death? Do they talk a lot of separation or do they talk a lot of connection? What do they, what, 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 what do they speak? Watch this. The next verse in that context of those words is very significant, but I think many of us blow past it when it comes to relationships in marriage and with people around us. Look at the next verse of Scripture. Everybody look at this. The man who finds a wife finds a treasure, and he receives favor from the Lord. Do you want to know why favor is? Let me tell you one of the reasons that favor is on my life. It's because I treat her like a treasure. Amen. 
Now watch this. This is so interesting. We want to disconnect that scripture from the two previous scriptures. He's talking about how you talk, and then he immediately goes into the marriage relationship, which is the picture of my relationship with Jesus Christ. My words. So it was interesting as I was studying this, Cliff Notaris, who is with the Catholic University, and Howard Markman of the University of Denver did a study of newlyweds over the first 10 years of their marriage. They studied them for 10 years, newlyweds. And there was a telling difference from the beginning of when they first got married and then later at the end of 10 years. A very telling sign. And you, 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 all, know, you all know where I'm going to head on this. You know where I'm going because you've seen those who just been married two months. They're going to instruct you that have been living married 26 years on how you should have a happy marriage. I want to I go somewhere, but the Holy Spirit says, please shut up. Would you just move on? I want to go somewhere so bad. My carnal nature wants to go there so bad. Okay, but here's what they found. Now listen to this, especially those of you who are newly married. Among couples who ultimately stay together, five out of every 100 comments made about each other were put-downs. Five out of every one of couples that stayed together. Watch this. Among couples who later split, 10 of every 100 comments were insults. And that gap magnified over the following decade until the couples headed downhill and they were flinging five times more cruel statements uh, and invalidating statements in that couple. They were just kept spewing them more and more. They said hostile put-downs act as cancerous cells that if unchecked, erode the relationship over time, says Notaris. So here's the deal. I, I gave him what he wanted. I mean, come on. I, I mean, I, I cooked this great f- food. I, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm, we've been in this marriage. I'm giving him all the sex he wants. I'm, how come this isn't working out? And here's what they discovered. The success or failure had nothing to do with how much affection, physical or any type of affection the couple displayed. Had nothing to do with their common interest that they like to go golfing, they like to go sailing, they love to go camping together. Had nothing to do with the common interest. Had nothing to do with how much money, but if I just, if, if I just make more money, I can make him happy, make her happy. Had nothing to do with possessions, where they lived. It was the kind of words they spoke to each other that kept the marriage rejuvenated. Hmm. So what does this mean for all of us? Man, woman, husband, wife, teenager, old person, what does this mean? Those watching online, what does this mean? It means we need to raise the standard of our words and our relationships. We're going to start realizing that what I am saying, what I say at dinner today is going to be very important. That's why Proverbs 12, 18 says, Reckless words pierce like a sword, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. What does that mean? It means you can talk honestly about the things that need to be discussed. But before you ever find that, go find something praiseworthy about your husband. Go find some praiseworthy about your dad. Go find it. Go look for it. Dig it up and tell him and tell him over and over and over again. You know why? Because relationships leak. They leak and they leak fast. You got to keep filling them up and filling them up and filling them up. Wives, tell something to your husband in all the arguments and all the stuff. Tell him the quality. Just look at him and tell him, I want to tell you what I'm so greatly thankful God put in your life. It's blessing me and my family, this family. You go, you go, you go look at your wife and you go tell her. Go tell her again and tell her over and over and over and over and over again. And, and then after you think you've told her, tell her over and over and over and over and over again. It means to encourage someone. You know what encouragement means? It means to put in. In means to put in. It literally puts courage into the relationship, puts courage into that person. It puts something into them. And then when you can talk about the things that are really tough, they know, hey, you have always encouraged me, so I know this is only going to make me a better person. So put courage into your marriage. Speak of it. Start talking to your children. Start speaking to them and start declaring over them. Talk those things. Tell your friends. Encourage your friends. Tell them about the quality of why you like hanging out with them. Tell your church. Tell your church leaders. Tell your boss. Tell them the 
good quality. Just tell them why I like working for this company. Start speaking it over and speak it to your neighbor. Speak it into your nation. Speak it when you're praying. Start speaking. You can bless or you can distress. I choose to say, God, help me to bless and encourage and build up. Help me to do it. My words are powerful. They're powerful. So I don't know where you are today. Maybe uh, you need to connect in a disconnected relationship over hurts. Something you did. Something you know you did. And boy, I tell you, words, it's just amazing what words can do. It's not a long line. It doesn't take a lot of counseling sessions. It's, it's simply, I'm sorry. I was wrong. Please forgive me. I don't know how long it took me to say that. I'm sorry. I was wrong. Please forgive me. Did anybody time that? I'm sorry. I was wrong. Please forgive me. Somebody time it again. I think maybe two, three seconds. And three seconds of words can heal some things that hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and hours of them telling everybody else will never do for them. You want to get connected to God? So I'm telling you, I've hurt his feelings a lot. And I'm your pastor. I have grieved him many, many times. And you know how I connect to him? And the only reason I know he's connecting to me is not because, well, I feel so ashamed. I feel like I failed you again, God. Why do I just give up? No, because I can only proclaim what he already declared. And Sam, all you need to do is declare what I've already told you. And you know what he said? He said in 1 John 1, 9, but if Sam confesses his sins to me, I am faithful and just and I will forgive Sam his sins and I will cleanse Sam from all of his wickedness. Sam, all you need to do is just say what I've already declared. Father, I'm sorry. I was wrong. Please forgive me. How many thank God he's ready to connect through the words that are coming from our heart and our mouth. Amen.